0: To see for yourselves, one of the most amazing events. When is this great experiment for made? Impervious to heat, impossible to move. Is it human or inhuman? Yes. Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found?
1: It's
2: time for the Beaky Drummy Podcast. Bye.
3: Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy podcast. Joining me today, Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Hello, Ryan. Fit. Mr. Guy Helford. Hello,
4: oh, that's me. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, I was, I was distracted by the fact that I said Keith was fit, and then I sort of thought <laughs> I was lost in Keith. I'm
5: so lost in Keith. I noticed that you moved closer to him when you said I that. I did, I my chair forward. And Mr. Lee Price.
3: Hello. How are we all this fine February day? Even though it's coming out in March
2: lies. Slightly creeped out by Guy's overzealous uh, <laughs> attraction to me. It's been,
3: it's been a
4: week and, you know, look, absence makes a heart very fond
3: Well, after you escaped after the ba- after, out of the bathroom window after the last recording. And I didn't steal his Lila Dogs figures either.
2: Would have given Lila Dogs? <laughs> I Yeah, well, I can get them for cheap on eBay, so <laughs> alright. Keith, what have you been up to? I've been uh, avoiding Lurgy uh, and watching films and um, trying not to watch too many clips of the uh, Goldberg's tribute to Highlander, which looks amazing. uh, Because they have Clancy Brown in it, but they're doing a whole episode that's based around the Highlander, which looks awesome. Um, But I watched the second film from the director of Greasy Strangler, uh, An Evening with Beverly Lufflin which is just as equally insane as The Greasy Strangler. Um, So if you like your comedy, weird and eclectic, and uh, you like to look at Audrey Plaza... Uh, Aubrey you, Plaza Audrey. Aubrey, Aubrey
3: Yeah, That sounds
2: like somebody out of Coronation Street Somebody Aubrey. who runs the corner Aubrey. shop Aubrey. Fred
3: yeah. Elliot The Greasy Strangler sounds like a sandwich That you'd have in a cafe somewhere in Yorkshire <laughs> oh, I say what? Ashley Someone's ordered Greasy Strangler or oh, Six slices of sausage It was a bit of an underground hit a couple of years ago uh, But this, this, this
2: film went on Netflix um, I think it was a Netflix original so I watched that over the weekend
4: he watch that because Jermaine Clements and it obviously because he loves him yeah Jermaine's cool Jermaine's cool as well that's pretty
2: good did he say yes multiple times yes he did yes. quite a lot I yes. also watched a, a film that I recorded off BBC2 on Friday which was Score <laughs> the uh, documentary about film scores which was quite good and it was great because they didn't give Hans Zimmer a lot of room and they had featured a guy who wrote the music for Minions
3: more which did, was awesome did they do the greatest film scores did
2: they no, it was just about how what makes a film score, what, what why it's important, how it's constructed, the kind of music that goes into it, and the kind of basic history. It wasn't Channel Five with celebrities yeah. who, are, who were being paid to talk about a film they'd never watched.
3: Not just a random list of some people saying that
2: these are the best film scores of all time. No, they were talking about the artistry and the kind of how a film was how a film score is constructed. It was very very interesting, very good.
4: Uh, I mean, that was a really good review. You know, once again proving that we are uh, the best film podcast <laughs> in Birmingham. Uh, talking about score. Yeah. Oh, and I, about score. I
2: did get five out of seven of my Oscar predictions correct. And
4: a solid, a solid film, film based show sol- based in Birmingham. A solid
2: five out of seven. Yeah, yeah but the film, the, but the ones I didn't get right were from films I hadn't seen, so mm-hmm. I couldn't make a judgment call. So based I mean- on judgment, personal judgment. I did very well.
5: I mean, to be fair, if I'd been on last week, I would have seen none of the films. So. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Let's just select a random name from this list, which oh. is apparently what the Academy does.
5: Mine, mine would have genuinely been just cynical, this is what the Academy does. Yeah. So this is where I reckon they would take it. As
2: long than... as you hadn't picked Black Panther, you'd have been
3: alright. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, what have you been up to?
4: Um, I like completed Kingdom Hearts 3. Which I don't know why I bought, because, like, to be honest with you, I haven't had a clue what's been going on. Like, it's cool, because... <laughs> there's, like, like
3: some... 600 million hours of backstory for yeah. There's,
4: like, some cool Disney stuff going on in there, and stuff like that. And then, like... You know, just a load of faff Like some emo faff about some mm-hmm. I swear, like, the word hearts Is mentioned, like, every cutscene The
5: hearts and the darkness and the light and the darkness And the hearts and the darkness yeah, That's basically a, the story a, of Kingdom Hearts of faff, really. <laughs> Oh, and also Mickey Mouse is here yeah. <laughs> Is, is this smiling? Bane The Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> Born in the darkness
4: Well, he's always, like, every time something's going wrong And, like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna steal your heart Mickey's got a big grin on his face It's <laughs> kind of, like, this ain't no laughing like, matter, you joking mouse Like, he's always got a grin on his face Face. It's kind of like you need to like wipe that smaller for face and start analysing the severity of this situation, you
5: Joker. Are you guys talking about the to darkness? Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. That's a genuine line from Kingdom Hearts spoken by Mickey Mouse. But <laughs> we all know Mickey Mouse is a sociopath. Yeah, that's
3: fair. He, 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 we've already discussed this in the past, where he keeps a dog person as a dog, mm. as as some kind of sick, well, sick, I'm... sick, twisted version of. Goofy. Well, you,
4: you told, you mentioned this that like, look, Goofy was a dog, and I, because like, I'd had this argument with uh, Laura about Goofy being a dog prior to you mentioning it. And it was ironically you mentioned it because I didn't think he was a dog. He's a dog. He's no, a dog. I, just, I just thought it was a, a thing, you know I mean? Johnny. There's, a, there's
2: thing. a whole bunch of characters in Disney who are dogs. But he's a thing.
4: But like, boy well, Okay, so why does Pluto? Pluto is thing? the only
2: dog in the universe, what, which so is actually, actually a, a dog. And Goofy. Goofy hasn't been roofied by Mickey Mouse To pretend <laughs> that he's actually a four-legged version of a dog
3: So I think that Pluto was a pleasant present for uh, Minnie Mouse And it's kind of like this sick twisted relationship they have It's, I th- it's like Natural Born Killers But the Disney version okay. That sounds really frightening <laughs> Quite shocked
4: So other than playing in the past uh, I've become a coffee snob Yes. So I got bought a cafetiere. How many
3: coffee shops did we have to
5: visit before recording this episode tonight? A fair
4: few. So uh, I, I a, ca- I'm sure
5: it's about four at least.
2: So you're a coffee snob from 1976. <laughs> if you've been bought a cafetiere, yeah, so I've been bought. <laughs> I've got an I've error of fresh teeth. I, I've
4: been born for a gift, so at work, I was like, I'm not having any more of this sludge that's offered to us. So I started buying nicer, more tastier coffees. But to go with that, I have a, a hot coffee. <laughs> do you, do you have yourself a
3: tasty debrief after each coffee? No, do you debrief your man. coffee? I'm not, I'm Are you grinding that. your own
5: beans?
4: Not yet, but I've been recommended I should do that. But I don't know if I should be doing my work because I'm sitting
5: there going. Like, you're, you're having a debate as to whether or not you should be grinding at work. Is no, that what no, no. <laughs>
2: You could just go when you have one of your toilet breaks, you could do your grinding in the toilet. <laughs> and
4: you're on um I mean, that, that would sound really weird. It would sound like I'm even like, <laughs> pulling one out or like really having a, like an agonising dump. Well, it's people, more of a... People of
3: a... only use the like the hand-powered grinders for something which is not coffee nowadays, so you'd actually have to get one with the proper handle. What's yeah. this illegal thing
4: you're talking about, Ryan? I don't know this illegal thing that you're talking it's
3: about. It's just many things can be ground. Some of them smell a lot stronger than others. Yeah.
2: You want a ceramic um, grinder don't want to get mm-hmm. kind of metal, you need, you need to surround it.
3: get needs to upgrade to an aeropress.
4: Do you know I need? Yeah. I need like a, a, a. What was it? A um, port? What's it called?
3: Pestle and mortar. Yeah,
4: that's it. Yeah. He's gonna start wearing a waistcoat. i waist just was spinning my hand round there, looking like I was doing something else, and I was doing it in your general direction. It's <laughs> terrible. Oh Christ, keeps him for it now. <laughs> but no, I've I've, I've started taking it to drinking posh coffee at work with my little coffee. Glass, He's gonna start
3: know. wearing a waistcoat and waxing his moustache. Yeah, soon exactly. and like get, <laughs> Getting a, getting one of those penny farthing bicycles to work.
2: Ponytail suit. Ponytail next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or a, what's <laughs> it? Uh, Man bun. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Eyebrow tattoo.
4: Top knot. <laughs> Do you know what? Though? I just, I put smoke coming out of it. Like, I like the fact that it's quite pretentious. Um, yeah, you putting you know, a blind dog on TV, Ron. That's cute. I was morning on my way to work. I think the, I don't the think the, the dog's, <laughs> I, think,
5: I think it's an
3: assistance dog for the blind.
4: <laughs> on my way to work this morning, I was, this man was walking down the, down the side of the canal. He was hiding, almost hiding someone behind his back and he was walking along with the dog. I didn't sense that it was a guide dog. And I kind of like just carried on charging through and then realised that the woman who was behind his back, who he was guiding was blind so they, they had to really tightly get past me and probably could have fallen in the canal so don't hide a blind person behind your back do you know what I mean put them at the forefront so I can see what danger is coming so I know not to be so how rude. do you hide a blind person
3: behind your back do you like just whip them out and go blind person
2: I take it you've done no kind of disability training um, So <laughs> a, a blind person does not go in front of somebody you guide them so they are always at yeah, least going to be slightly behind you I couldn't
4: see you. the other person though so like See the man was clutching to it behind his back and I could see the dog what blind personally was cl- and yeah. the thing is what well, there was a bike as well, so this was all very misleading and all of a sudden like at the last minute he swings out this blind woman right in front of me and I'm like, Whoa and she's like, I'm gonna fall in the river and I, then, th- like, I think
3: we've had a look into Guy Psyche where you get assistance men for the blind dog, so Yeah. I'm
2: surprised he didn't have a pair of rubber gloves in a box and was trying to get the dog in it so he could take him <laughs> home and be rescued by the RSPCA. I mean it
4: was a cute dog who would have stolen that dog. Um, but no, yeah, I didn't mean to nearly bump into a blind woman, but it's kind of like, do you know what I mean? If you're walking along with a blind person, you know, walk side by side at least so I can see, I can, I can assess the situation before, you know, rudely barging on by. Do you know what I mean? Like, I need to know the full facts of this, this scenario before assessing how I'm going to react to it. I didn't react in the best way because I didn't know that this was approaching, do you know what I mean? But shame on the man, really Shame on the man More concerned about
1: his bloody bike Lee, Lee, what have you been
5: up to <laughs> this week? Uh, this uh, this week I have um, Relaunched my YouTube channel uh, So I've been doing Lee some Lee Hub <laughs> Yes, Lee <laughs> Hub um, No, I've been doing uh, first impressions videos again And that's just been Building up a bit of a backlog for that as well So that's been a lot of fun Do
3: you want to tell us the ones you've uploaded so far?
5: Your well, ferretty firsts my favourites first are, so far, we've got Steep, Iconoclasts, and the Arcado series. Uh, basically all of the PlayStation Plus games from the last few months are going up, because they're all free, so it's just a great selection of things I can just throw up there. And that's pretty much what the series is. Anytime I play a game for the first time, I'll just record the first hour of it, and then edited highlights of my th- thoughts. and. So you yeah. researched
3: the word Iconoclast, then? Yes, I did. So, what does the word iconoclast mean?
5: It's apparently um, someone who like, goes up against religion or icons or established norms.
4: So, nothing to do with
5: um, Avengers Infinity War, as some fellow film shows <laughs> <laughs> No. I did
2: watch the one of you snowboarding down mountains. Yes, that one was oh, lovely. I fun. watched that one. Yeah, that was a
3: good that was a good video. Yeah, I
5: figured. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it
2: was a good video because I watched it and went, "I'm not playing that game." <laughs> so I'm not sure if it's if like I la- like, has me. informed
5: me that this yeah. game is not worth <laughs> a chase. It's actually like a lot of fun to play. It doesn't look <laughs> it because you're just crashing into things, but um, it was just. It, I figured that was a good starting one just because I knew flinging myself off a mountain would be entertaining. I thought this is a good way to just come back with a bang rather than some of the other ones and, like, I'm not sure where this would go. I wonder
3: how long they thought of the name for that game.
5: Steep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And
5: it's Ubisoft, so they're not exactly (laughs) the most imaginative company. (laughs) I can
3: imagine it was at least 50 people in a room. Oh, yeah. And, and like... There's white paper with (laughs) lots of names scribbled out all over the shop, and they've just decided that steep is the like safest possible Mm. name that they could go. It's been
5: focus tested to all hell. Those
3: games have a
2: tendency to be named like really badly, like three hundred and sixty, or it's like just random things. Ssx tricky
3: was not a bad name. Yes.
5: SSX Tricky was like the, the only thing that came to mind during that video, which is why I made the comment some point in it a bit like I need to have Run DMC playing as I'm doing this. Cause... What
3: is <laughs> SSX Tricky was the best snowboarding game. I don't think anything's come close Yeah, I think
5: that's generally considered the best one. I can't Ryan,
4: right, I have a question for you. What is this fruit?
3: That is a mango guy. Is it? Yes. I thought it was
4: a big apple. I thought it was a, <laughs> a big apple. It's
3: huge <laughs> note to self never take guide to the Asian supermarket <laughs> no,
4: I thought it was just a wonky big apple what no it's you, a, mango. You think a mango what a mango look like I don't
3: know <laughs> he liked the mango he liked the mango oh I he mean, liked yeah, the mango to be honest
2: he is, he is a few decades behind so he's got his cafetiere so that puts him about mm. 1976 so the mango is about five years away for him So I've got some pomelo in
5: the fridge if you want to really blow his mind <laughs> do, you to, do you
4: want to feel the, the
5: mango I'm fine with <laughs> the heft of the, the, feel the, feel the, the mango I, I'm then. okay I'm fine
2: It kind of explains why you've got pampas grass in your front garden though now. (laughs) Pampas grass? <laughs> he says, innocently, pampas grass, me in my garden. Pampas grass With my vinyl. cafetiere. <laughs>
3: cafetiere whilst listening to vinyl on his record. <laughs> I've got vinyl and pampas grass and cafetiere coming in, people. I'm just
4: jealous about how you
3: the opening up You party. You know, like you have those programmes on the BBC where they go back a couple of decades. <laughs> and there's always people who are like, really into like, living in like the 50s and the 60s. Yeah. Five more years, Guy's going to be a perfect candidate. It's not my fault I'm cultured. Mm-hmm. In a 1970s kind of way. I
4: mean, at least I don't pretend to know like, re- like loads of stuff like, about film like I'm at a dinner
2: party. But looking at him now, he does look like a, you know, a character from a 1970s sitcom. You know, the Dennis Roussos of the world. I could see him rocking Abigail around with James
3: party. Bolan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did another video as well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, and Callan Danes was involved. <laughs> That's all for the geeky from me this week. And we invited video. two extra friends as well. Yeah, yeah. So we did a video with Jules nineteen and Gingerbeard mm-hmm. Mark. Yes. I
4: mean, you haven't clarified what this is, so literally this is just getting like dodgier.
3: Yeah, my my trouble with this
2: video is I watched it, but I watched it on the bus with no sound.
4: <laughs> so I
2: have absolutely no idea what was going on.
5: So the bit where Callan was writhing around on the floor okay. must have thrown you off even more. It was yeah. It was a bit we
2: weird. had no
3: idea what was going on at <laughs> yeah. that point, and then he started stripping. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think because it's charades, I thought this will be okay. I could guess what they are without no. like the sound. No, I'm going to need to watch it again, which is you know I'm going to drive those
3: numbers up. Yeah. But I won, therefore I am mm. awesome. Although
2: you what, did look pretty good at the beginning. Thank you. With the, the with the hat and everything, it was it like
3: full on Marvel Avengers incognito. That
4: was looking pretty cool.
5: Yes. Sorry, yeah.
4: did you? I, I'm a bit lost. Did they actually do something filthy here? I'm a bit confused. No,
5: we did not do anything filthy. Okay. Callan did start
3: stripping there midway Why through. Why
4: did he start? Nobody wants to see that. Why did he start stripping?
3: I don't know. I can't even remember. Sorry, I'm distracted because we have the one showing in the background and Stephen Merchant is watching ladies wrestle. <laughs> like, of course he is. Because <laughs> this is just normal stuff, normal <laughs> evening TV nowadays.
4: Um, so why, why, why was Callum stripping? I know, sorry, I'm a bit lost.
3: So we were filming an episode of charades for the Jaws 19 YouTube channel. And it was us four mm-hmm. doing charades and the one who got the most guesses correct was...
4: I, I, so why, I don't understand why he's stripping. Were you playing strip charades? Like, there's not, there's a not f- context to why... One, one of his films was stripped. Yeah, that
5: was it, yeah. <laughs> <I don't know.
4: laughs>
2: oh, What I do want to get... He his...
3: also had Moon, which he didn't actually get, yeah. so we were all glad for that one. But that would I have mean, been quite He
2: didn't
3: easy. get his ass out. But <laughs> I, want... I, I do
2: want to hear the sound for his outro, because he's doing some really weird poses in his outro for that. I'm not sure what he's doing. It's all tilted heads and like... Winking at the camera, so it's a bit odd. I didn't want to hear what he's saying. Uh, that standard Callum picture face. They just say little tugger at the side while he's
3: doing it. <laughs> I got the gist. Well, there was no thug life this time, though. I was slowly no.
5: disappointed. Um, my my favourite thing with the um, the clues that we got, though, well, is I looked at The Exorcist and went, I'll give that a try. Then went, no, screw this. <laughs> That's the one that I just put down. I still like, don't know <laughs> how you
3: got goal, Ghost Word. Goal. Ghost world. I don't powers.
5: know. So, like part of me just kind of went, "What if he said ghost?" And then he did the round, did like the circle thing. I went, "Ghost world? Maybe." His impression of ghost was walking up to
3: Lee and going, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um,
4: what have you been doing? We've got
3: another video coming soon as well, which we've recorded, which should yes also be fun. So keep an eye on the Geeky Bummer YouTube oh, channel. I lit one to Lee
4: straight away. Yeah. <laughs> What, you were doing wrong? Come on, you
3: uh, I went to watch Philip Ellis telling a short story last night and apparently that deserved a big <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> 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 Phil is here in spirit with his <laughs> ding button but uh, yeah so it was at the Gunmaker's Arms, Phil does I think it's every couple of months he does a short story speaking word thing so it was good fun, went to see Phil and um, bumped into George as well uh, people remember from the quiz of the year show that we did
4: so basically you were friend collecting
3: I didn't friend collect they, I just went to see oh, one of my friends I didn't
4: friend collect, they collected me <laughs> Yes much. Were friend
2: collecting. Ryan was out Supporting talented people doing their thing Yes,
3: as I support you all I've been to many of your DJ sets
2: Fair Although we're all refusing to subscribe to your Your fans only page So I'm sorry about that. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, Man drinks from cafeteria.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whilst fondling a mango.
3: Hefty oh, that's, mangoes. That's I've got some hefty mangoes, ladies. <laughs> right, I think it's time to move along.
2: It's been a long road. I've been looking for lots of weird news. And then I found some. And it made my heart do blooms. That makes no sense. But there we go. It's weird news. <laughs>
3: Still better than the original version of that. <laughs>
2: Russell Watson, eat your heart out.
4: Whatever happened to him?
2: He does shows with um, that geezer out of Pointless. They have stage shows where they all get together and sing what, songs. Alexander, no, Armstrong. On, Alexander Armstrong.
4: Alexander you know, Armstrong. Alexander Armstrong, he's
3: such a babe. He's got an album. It's with he's the album. Alfie Bowen Jason Manford Club.
2: Yeah, they're all, they're all doing like, like, you know, middle-aged lady concerts and
4: then bloody Richard Osman like my brother was it suede yeah because he was cooler than you <laughs>
2: and also he always turns up on comedy shows and like butts in like there's actual comedians on the show and you literally I watch him on QI and I go you watch Richard Osmond or say something yeah now. but he's the and producer he
3: but he's the producer so but he gets he to get butting in
2: with n- funny
3: anecdotes because he's a producer and everybody wants their own TV show <laughs> they're all treating him like he's god
2: yeah he's, he's um, with he's, his massively giant head he's taller than he is funny Do shops at
3: Giacomo? Possibly. High and mighty. (laughs) Anyway, weird news. First one from Wave 3 News. Dogs certified as welders, KY Bill aims to ensure that it never happens again. Sorry, what? what? (laughs) I heard dogs certified as welder. Dogs certified as welders, KY Bill aims to ensure it never happens again. (laughs)
4: I'm still... <laughs> okay, right I, I, the think, the I, think, I think, I think, breaking that. Dogs, some dogs have been... Asserted, an organisation are trying to stop it from happening again. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Right, I think right,
3: okay. that's right. From the metro, passenger strips to boxers and removes his socks for duration of flight. Okay, um, so re-
2: Callan story. <laughs> did he remove his trousers? <laughs> yes. On the train as
3: well? <laughs> he strips to his boxers, so he left his trousers somewhere.
4: Well, I mean, that solved that little mystery. Yeah, I was
3: about to say, like, this relates... And the third news story from Sky News. Drains blocked after Yorkshire Puddings flushed down toilet in Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> Here you want. Dog welders, naked plane passenger, or Yorkshire
5: Puddings in toilets.
4: Oh, I think oh. it's got
5: to be dog welders. For me, it really is a toss-up between dog welders and the Yorkshire Puddings.
2: Yeah, it's 100% dog welders for
3: me. Yeah. Dog
5: welders. So this is by Mike Fussell. Oh, come on. Just
2: at least try to come up with a name that sounds reasonably real. It's
3: on the byline. It's Mike Fussell. There is a link to Mike Fussell. Do you want to click the link There's
2: always a link to these people, Ryan. Shall we click a link to Mike Fussell? This is how Facebook works. Fake IDs.
3: (laughs) Mike Fussell joined the Wave 3 news team as a reporter and multimedia journalist in March 2018. He's been fighting to tell the top story since he was forced to share a hand-me-down camcorder with his twin sister at the age of 10.
4: What?
3: (laughs) Before arriving in Wave Country... He covered news and sports as an anchor reporter at Raycom Sister Station, WALB, in Albany, Albany, Georgia, winning an award from the Georgia Association of Broadcasters for his 2016 coverage. Mike was at a scene reporting after a tornado outbreak killed more than a dozen people in South Georgia. He was also in the courtroom for major developments of the 12-year-old Cole case murder of Tara Grinstead. He also enjoys golf. <laughs>
4: Stop making such what? a fussle about this man.
3: There's a picture of Mike Fussell as well. And he does look like somebody who would be called Mike Fussell Yeah he does.
2: That's a, that's a picture off that this, these people don't exist websites.
3: <laughs> anyway, shall we return to the dog welding story?
4: He doesn't look like a golfer though. <laughs> I'm not being funny, he hasn't got the face of a golfer. Yeah, Which but that was
2: very low down on his list of accomplishments. It's like, and he likes golf. To be
4: uh, to be fair, golfers can be a bit chubby. <laughs>
3: The little pitch from the sub-byline is, while cute, these dogs certainly can't weld.
4: (laughs) Harsh. (laughs)
3: Have you asked them? Frankfurt, Kentucky. Supporters of Kentucky House Bill 239 said it's critical to your safety. It would legally require welders working on some structural projects to be certified properly, because some say the current system is broken. The bill passed through the House on Friday as part of the consent orders of the day. That means there isn't much talk or debate about it because it wasn't very controversial. Get that to the do- dogs. But that doesn't mean it's not an interesting story to tell. That story starts with a document that officially certified Robert Dash to be a professional structural welder. Robert Ash. Robert Dash. Robert Dash, okay. Henry Wolfe's name is on a similar one too. Henry? Wolfe.
4: Henry Wolfe, okay. <laughs> on paper... The
3: on paper, nothing looks out of the place, but the problem is that they didn't know how they could construct the, bil- the bindings that keep buildings from falling. C-
4: can I ask, was one of them called John Fido? <laughs> Rover?
3: That's because Wolf and Dash are both dogs.
4: Ah! Brilliant, didn't see that coming.
3: <laughs> this is a picture of Robert Dash, Bill Woodward. Iron Walkers of Southern Ohio and Vicinity District President said, He is a beagle. I
4: want to see Robert Dash.
3: There's a little picture in the corner of Robert Dash and Henry Wolf.
2: See, I've seen Snoopy, like he he could weld.
3: He's got his own plane.
4: Yeah, if he's been cer- if he's
2: been certified, surely this proves that he can do it. <sighs>
4: I like I, I like it. Do you know what the cutest thing about the is These dogs have got a first name and a surname. That's
2: so cute. <sighs> I'm a bit surprised that the picture hasn't got him with welding mask.
3: Woodward on. said another dog named Adam Barker, a okay? cat. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Alan Barker. Adam Barker. Adam Barker. Adam Barker! A cat.
4: A
5: cat. A cat. <laughs> a cat
3: and even a dead person were AWS certified by groups testing the system. That means they could work in Kentucky despite the fact most even even have opposable thumbs. The American Welding Standards certification process requires welders to demonstrate their skills in person and show photo ID. But an industry lobbyist said the guidelines weren't always followed. I can take a plate that's already been welded and tell them my name is Joe Smith, lobbyist Gerald Adkins says. So if a project requires AWS certification and inspectors, one Kentucky legislator wants to make sure the professional guidelines are the law, not just a suggestion. Sponsor rep, Bobby McCool, <laughs> Republican, oh, <Michael. laughs> said the push comes after a school collapsed in McCracken County. <laughs> no, no. And so he alleges welders in the job weren't qualified and had fraudulent qualifications. Fortunately, there were no one around when it did collapse.
2: And they were also dogs.
3: <laughs> he said in 2011 that the problem still exists and regardless whether he believes you can't teach an old dog new tricks, he said you can never teach one to weld. Has anyone tried?
5: Hang on. Didn't
4: Orwell say that, like, four looks better than
3: two? Yes. The so. bill still needs to be passed by the Senate, so it depends if there's any doggy representatives in there
5: to lock
4: it. <laughs> This cute imagery of this that goes my head now, like dogs building a school, you know, <laughs> so they're like placing the bricks down. It's their like map. the dogs playing
3: poker picture, but the modern <laughs> update with all in, yeah, they're it's placing
4: cut. the bricks down their mouth, they're putting on the concrete, they're taking it, moving it over. I'm, I would have oh. thought these
2: dogs must be qualified to be able to weld because obviously they've figured out they need two names, <laughs> so that's quite good because most dogs I know have just got one, so they've already gone, We need two names to, to sign up. It's says first name, surname, right. <laughs> I love Absolutely. it how they
3: are full on Scooby Doo, a dog dressed as a human, names as well. <laughs> I am Adam Barker. Mm. Right, do we want Yorkshire puddings or naked plane passenger? Oh, they're
4: both good. They're both, Yorkshire puddings to me.
3: Well, the Yorkshire puddings are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drains blocked after Yorkshire puddings flushed down toilet in Ipswich, from Sky News. And Ale- worry.
4: Sky News. Yes, this was on Sky News. Jesus.
3: Anglo Anglian water jokes that even the friends at Yorkshire Water would not welcome the flowery eggy mess, eggy mess it found in Ipswich. Oh,
4: <laughs> gross! farts smell
3: like eggs? <laughs> Do you want to see a picture of the man holding an offending no. Yorkshire pudding? Uh, no, thank you.
4: Yeah. Oh, what's he it's- holding now? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Water boss asked people not to flush and wanted Yorkshire puddings down the toilet after the roast in a favourite block to sewer. Um, and- <laughs> who flushes yeah. Yorkshire pudding down the loo? Who's flushing Yorkshire? Yorkshires in general? They're quite
4: nice. It's not like yeah. it's broccoli. I mean, sprouts. it's fairly
2: easy in my house because we have a bathroom on the ground floor. But... You know, if you if you're in a house that's only got a bathroom upstairs, not only have you got to eat your dinner and not finish your, but you've got to go upstairs to <laughs> then flush it down. And why are they not flushing anything else down? Where's the peas? Where's the sweet corn? Where's the leftover roast potatoes? Where's the gravy? What's Can going? Imagine, on? Imagine
4: like walking upstairs, with a couple of Yorkshire's
3: hidden in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Anglian Water post the two pitch the flowery, eggy mixture blocking drains in its which it joked. We're sure even our friends at Yorkshire Water wouldn't welcome this site. <laughs> water <laughs> management <laughs> jokes. <laughs> One of the pho- photos shows a slab of Yorkshire pudding batter covering a drain. Oh, slab. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a
4: disgusting choice
3: of word. <laughs> whilst the other shows a surprisingly intact pudding in someone's gloved hand.
4: Hang on, what makes them think that maybe somebody didn't pass a whole Yorkshire pudding <laughs> out? Maybe they were just feeling a bit loose. They'd had some poppers or something like that. And then it just, the, pu- the pudding yeah. just dropped out perfectly. I
2: mean, scientifically, what are the chances of people putting the ingredients that make a Yorkshire pudding down the drain, and then whilst they're in the drain, they come together to make a Yorkshire pudding.
3: <laughs> com- so we're kind of assuming something. <laughs> yeah. The company added, please don't treat sewers as bins. Avoid block pipes and compost your food waste. Yeah. Only the three you should be flushed down the to- toilet. Pea, poo and paper, the company says on its website. I got paper. <laughs> uh, What about puke? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I do yeah. uh, Clearly,
3: you're going to bomb me, you're going down the toilet, right? Mm. not Yeah. But basically, they're spun a Twitter post with two pictures into an article. Hang on,
4: what have, they've missed another P off They've missed another thing off it. They're going get down
3: the toilet there. <laughs> Polly. <laughs> I, I was expecting something like goldfish, but with a P at the front. <laughs> Pisgine <guy and> entities. <laughs> um, shall we have a quick look at the man who strips through his boxes for his trip, plane? Yes, let's look at the man who stripped um, his I, I
2: prefer not to look at the man. Tell me all about him.
3: This is from the Metro and it's written by Richard Hartley Parkinson. No. Lee, can you confirm that is his name? That Mr. is his name.
2: That's not his name. That's what's written on that page. There's no guarantee that it's his name. You've had dogs who were faking their names and got pictures. We've reported, clearly established that it's Reported identity. by Adam Barker
3: and Dick Wolf. <laughs> She thought, by getting a seat with extra legroom, she had made a wise choice. But in fact, Lizzie Thompson may have chosen the worst seat on her flight.
4: Someone's on the
3: phone. Someone's knocking on the phone. The Someone's thing? ringing the bell. Hello, it's
4: Alan Barker here. <laughs> <laughs> I just think on them. What if that was in changing. What if that was the postcode lottery? It
3: wasn't the postcode lottery. Just, it was the National Blood the Service. They're after my blood. <laughs> you know,
4: like, when you won the postcode lottery? yes there's like Jeff Brazier or that no. Daniel Johnson because it was only
3: a tenner I don't think they'd write a novelty check for ten pounds with Jeff <laughs> Brazier coming round have
4: you seen the latest one that man with no teeth going, just singing about <laughs> someone knocking at the door like really loudly like, I want that to be you I want you to be singing <laughs> someone's knocking at the door somebody's ringing the bell If if it, it happens to me Guy I door. will
3: ring you wherever you are in the world and allow you to do it over the phone onto the advert. That's
4: amazing. I feel like... Do you, I really like that song on, like, the Wings album, but they kind of ruined it, haven't they, really? fucking
3: Anyway, to return to our Weird News article... She was sitting on the tarmac on an airfront air aeroplane when a man on a seat... <laughs> she, she, she should be sitting in the plane. I think that's a better way of um, going about your business. Yeah. <laughs> right.
4: well, I feel like I said, that's like an opening line to a kink song. <laughs> I saw her sitting there on the tarmac on the aeroplane. playing girl. <laughs> when
3: a man on the seat on the opposite side of the aisle decided to get a little more comfortable.
4: Na-na-na, the plane girl.
3: By removing his trousers and socks. <laughs> And we this have is
4: a... a Ray Davis song! This is a kink song! This is a song! No way! That's a bedroom. No way, this is not song lyrics. He's like, oh, no, oh, I found this random B-side, so I'll just write it up as a news story.
3: Lizzie summarised her feelings at that point by tweeting, this is going to be a long flight.
4: Like, I, I took that completely out of context. But <laughs>
3: problems were not over for her and the nightmare got worse.
4: Why well, is there a nightmare to accept his pants? I mean... <laughs> Another
3: passenger boarded with a ukulele and she said that man, <laughs> whose nationality is not known, asked him to sit next to her and to make some music. Lizzie's reaction was, WTF is going on. (laughs) I mean, that
4: is amazing.
3: Hang on, isn't this just a deleted scene from Airplane?
5: (laughs) I just thought this sounds like like some sort of prank YouTube video. Next thing, a nun got on, (laughs) and a woman with a baby. (laughs) And then there was a line of people ready to slap the nun.
3: (laughs) Lizzie kept us all updated with the progress, saying she'd alerted the flight attendant, who said he'd move her, but she didn't want to lose the extra leg room. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, that's yeah. just pros no, <laughs> want- and cons. Yeah. There's a naked
2: she- bloke and a man with a ukulele, or oh, okay, a couple she- of extrinses. Yeah,
3: she didn't want to lose the tweeting opportunities. That's what it was. She said, she said, oh, oh, yeah. I'm going viral. I can plug anything in here. Me,
4: she could be really judgmental. Though, what if this man spills and on his trousers, and he was just like, "I can't sit in wet trousers the whole flight, so I'm going to have to sit in my pants." This is awkward for me, but I'm going to make the best of it because I've got a wet crotch. You know, <laughs> she's like, "Oh, boy, man, his pants." Have you ever, have you ever had a wet crotch? Oh, stop there. <laughs> when
3: asked if he could get the man to put his trousers on, she said the member of the cabin crew simply shrugged.
1: Member.
4: <laughs> this
3: was all before the flight set off. We have a picture of
5: feet. <laughs>
4: I mean, fair play to the lad. Do you want to just do how you feel comfortable?
5: To be fair, I've been tempted to do the same thing on a plane. Haven't actually done it, but...
4: Just get comfortable, do you know what I mean? Yeah,
5: yeah kick off, yeah. We'll be there on, on there for a
3: while, you might as well. Exactly. When the Air France flight landed, Lizzie gave an update. She said two hours in, he stood up and took four miniature bottles of wine off the cart. Then he fell asleep. Then six hours in, he got cold, so he put on his puffy jacket. Yeah, it's all
5: I'm loving the fact that he's he's in his pants and a puffy jacket. Drinking wine. We have a picture of the man in these puffy jacket and pants. I mean, that is a fashion I mean, statement. Is, is he
4: sure they're not just shorts? They're not just a pair of
5: like
4: <laughs> shorts that he just had on, and he had a pair of trousers on. It was like, oh, it's a bit chilly outside, and take these off on the plane. But I've got like a perfectly reasonable pair of shorts on underneath
3: this. I think putting the puffy jacket on though is starting to take the Michael mm-hmm. a little bit.
4: Do you know what takes the Michael? You're using the term take the Michael. Um, no way, man. I'm having this. He's wearing a pair of normal shorts, man. Like, I've worn a pair of Sundico shorts under a pair of trousers before. Yeah, that's right, Sundico. <laughs> i worn them under a pair of trousers before. And that is perfectly they, legit. They, ge-
3: they are gentlemen's woven boxers because I wear under, underpants, which are a similar style. They're yeah. definitely boxers.
4: There you go, listeners. What a turn on you. know what pants <laughs> Ryan
3: Harris wears. She said, find these pants slid back on. Good news. (laughs) We should reiterate this article
2: probably comes from an American source.
3: Wear yeah. pants or trousers. But good, good news nothing bonds a
5: group of passengers like a man half naked in your section. I just like the fact that they said that they slipped back on, like independently. <laughs> just cloning on to him. No, like, oh, I've been
4: looking for you. Whatever. It's, it's a shame that you booked first class and booked me a second class ticket, you? you know. Shout-
5: oh, I've been waiting to get her on the train. <laughs>
3: Shout out to the flight attendant who slipped me extra wine and did keep checking in to make sure I was good
4: oh, that's taking advantage of a situation I'm so uptight about the man with the boxes could I have some wine please
3: <laughs> the final final sentence on this article the ukulele was not played at any point during the flight oh
2: what? <laughs> so why even mention it that's, there's the whole thing yeah. this woman knows nothing the writer knows nothing about story structure Chekhov's good the mm-hmm. if you're going to introduce a ukulele yeah. it's got to bloody get played
3: by the end of the story See, so, yeah, I did have one more news story as a bonus one, but I'm not going to tell you. All I'm going to give you is the title of it, which was Naked Man Saved After Fire Started in Brothel, of a simply delicious takeaway.
5: You think got everything Yeah, I think the entire story is right there. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode
2: of Weird News. Whatever happened to that geezer at the mask? And then went on to do other films that you might remember too. Whatever happened to Leon Trotsky? <laughs> yeah. thanks, thanks, Stranglers.
4: Hi, 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 Mr. Tim's. Nice to have you back.
2: Oh, it's been a while, boys and girls. So,
4: Mr. Tim's, now that you're back with us, you can join
2: us for the speech. <laughs> oh, I've never watched a Jim Carrey movie. You don't come to our parts of the world.
3: <laughs> he watches them Jethros instead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no we just go we just go to theatre to see Roy Chubby Brown that's what we do round the Year's parts
4: I um, was so desperate to not go to a party that me and a friend considered booking tickets to see Roy Chubby Brown as a reason not to go to the party Like we were on the verge of booking them but luckily something else propped up but honestly to get out of the party
3: we knew saw Roy Chubby Brown <laughs> I saw Roy Chubby Brown outside of a theatre once surrounded by Steve, uh, Steve McFadden lookalikes <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs>
2: there's probably a huge proportion of the audience going, who are you talking <laughs> about <to yet?"> here? <laughs> Roy
3: Chubby Brown and the
1: McFadden
2: What? Yeah,
3: yeah. Whatever happened to Roy Chubby Brown? That's, that's <laughs> what this picture is. No, we're actually talking about Jim Carrey. As it's 25 years since three of his biggest well, biggest known films released and he went on to superstar superstardom movie mm-hmm. careerness, which was Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber and The Mask were all released in 1994. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, for... for a ray, ray of hits in one year. That, mm-hmm. that is some good going.
2: You, your choos, choice of the word hit there yes. is. Um, Popularist films. Yes. Yeah. Only one of those is actually worth any viewing pleasure. Dumber, dumber. No! The Mask, of course, based on the comic of the same name. Uh, yeah, the other two are just t- trash. Sorry.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think I watched Ace Ventura again recently as research for this, and some of the jokes still stand up and some of the humour is there but some of the politics from the 1990s don't Mm -hmm. really gel with the current view of the world to put it nicely
5: I haven't seen it in years but I do remember the big twist so to say and how it just doesn't really scan very well these days
2: Uh, Yeah, I I can pretty much say I haven't seen it I've seen clips but kind of from knowing what it was about at the time, I went, this film's not for me. Yeah.
4: I, I haven't seen it.
3: You've never seen Ace Ventura?
4: I have The interesting fact, according to the Strictly Come Dancer website, the favourite film of dancer Jeanette Munraro is Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls. Ace Ventura
3: is probably actually a better film, considering...
4: <laughs> for all the people who needed to know that bit of information. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, Shall we go through the films then? So we've pretty much covered Ace Ventura off. It's watch it through... Very rose-tinted glasses, yeah. if so like you were actually going So like wear
4: some cool shirts. Yes. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. But um, So let's go with The Mask, then. So The Mask was a massive hit. I mean, I can't think of a film that was bigger that year in 1994. The hmm. Flintstones.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: 1994,
2: it's not sounding like a very good year, <laughs> so far. What won the Oscar in 1994.
3: I'm, I'm going to actually go back and see what else was released in 1994. See, I like, I like the mask.
2: I mean, it was one of those films that was kind of taking mm. advantage of the, the increase in CGI technology at the time, um, with the kind of stuff that they were doing with it. And um, I quite enjoyed it. I quite liked it as a film. Quite
3: yeah. kind of riffing on the kind of. Um, so I was wrong because you had, you had Lion King, Pulp Fiction, and Forrest Gump as well. So not, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So you need
4: to put it down then, really.
3: Yeah. <laughs> also had True Lies and Speed and Natural Born Killers and the Shawshank Redemption
4: I mean this is, this is a great feature
3: about <laughs> yeah so yeah. 1994 so yeah. so was a good year the for films. the film. mask <laughs>
2: is not going to be knocking on the top 20
3: really no, you, no, it, really? No. knocking
4: on the door ringing the bell
3: but it was kind of a groundbreaking movie and it was the this was Jim Carrey at his rubber feast mm-hmm. maniacalness mm. mm-hmm. it was actually quite a dark film again if you watch it back which does heart back to the comic quite a lot because the comic is not a Easy read, is it? Um, It's not 100% wall to wall laughs, no. No. What's
2: it,
4: Milo?
3: (laughs) (laughs) What, when Milo has the mask on?
4: Well, I mean, yeah, you know, regardless.
3: (laughs) I remember it having some very, very poor sequels, all of them not featuring Jim Carrey.
5: Son of Mask! Yes. Oh, God.
3: And there was Mask 3, wasn't there, as well, I think.
5: I only know of Son of the Mask, and. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I don't need to see it to know how terrible it is.
4: I mean, that's got Randy from screaming, right?
3: I can't even remember. It's just... After
2: this one, I didn't watch
3: any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Because
2: I knew it was definitely going to be a case of diminishing returns in a, in a series of this nature. Yeah. I'm
3: um, talking of diminishing returns. Let's cover off the third movie, Dumber and Dumber. So I think it still stands up. It's a very Farrelly Brothers comedy. So if you're into college level humour. Mm. humour that, that's where I kind of step away from it because I'm not yeah. a fan of that kind of film it, it's definitely feeling that frat house uh, national lampoons kind of hu- humour
5: like I remember Ace Ventura and The Mask really well but I think I've seen Dumb and Dumber exactly once and remember nothing about it I
3: don't
4: think I've seen it this is a great feature this is right <laughs> you've
3: never seen Dumb and
5: Dumber
4: well, I, think I'm, I think I'm too high brown for that with my cafe
3: yeah. <laughs> um that had two awful sequels as well which was Dumb and Dumber Two, which was a prequel where they had young versions of them, and it was also then there was the Dumb and Dumber. Rah, rah, yeah, something like that. Which was them getting back into the habit of it, and it was just, eeeh, eh. don't remake a film. What Twenty-five we years later on, oh, shall, we, shall we review <laughs> Mr. Jim Carrey's career?
2: Because yeah, I'm just, I'm just wondering how many of you had seen him in in, in, in living colour beforehand. No,
3: but I know mm. he had to give up living color to do Ace Ventura. To do the things
2: because it, it I don't think it was particularly. What, I didn't get screened a lot in the UK, no. so it was kind of a, it was a bit of a thing. I don't think many people knew him outside of that. Yeah,
5: I, I've only really heard about it sort of in passing. Yeah. since then. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, if we look at the following year, so 1995, Batman Forever. <laughs> Moving on, Ace Ventura when neighbor calls. Then we got Did the Cable Guy, around? which was Ben Stoner's first direct. Debut, I think.
2: Uh, well, mm, is, I I, I'm not sure of that. I don't know whether Reality Bites is his first directorial thing. I kind of mm-hmm. like the cable guy. There's something about <laughs> it that I, I, I like. because It's is because is it of Matthew Roderick, is it? Well, Matthew Roderick's in it. Also, it is pretty, like, it's not. doesn't pull its punches. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty uh, intense kind of. Film in psycho, like, it's a definite one that if you don't get it,
3: you will really dislike it.
5: Yeah, I think that was my problem with it when I saw it. I hated it. Yeah, so yeah.
3: and then we had Loya Loya, which was again a just standard family comedy movie. He pretty much mm. took over from Arnie doing stupid family movies at this point. I think, yeah,
5: Loya Lawyer was kind of fun, even if it was yeah. incredibly stupid.
3: Yeah, and then you had the Truman show. This is the first time him starting to be a bit mm-hmm. more. Dr- Waiter, obviously, like, the
4: yeah. best film of his career. I'm one of the best films I've ever made. But,
3: I, I, I don't know. I think Man on the Moon. Followed. Yeah, I think Man on the Moon is a better
1: film.
3: Yeah, so that was 1999 then. Two, early 2000s. Games the
4: Great Beyond by R.E.M. So yes. And
3: early 2000s, you had me, myself, and Irene, which flopped mm. completely. Mm. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The I mean, which I
2: like. I like How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah. It's right. very good in that film. For
3: it, I think it's the only live-action film Seuss movie that's really worked. Yeah, it's it's not Mike Myers in a cat and a hat yeah. <laughs> Then you had Bruce Almighty, Eternal Sunshine of the and the Spot on a Smile, oh, which has great. got I his, really like that, most yeah. of his critical reception, I think, is that mm-hmm. that one. Uh, I love that film. Lemony Snickets, a series of unfortunate events. I stand by that movie. I do like that film. Yeah. Then it was fun with Dick and Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was, but <laughs> yeah.
4: I forgot. Oh. I forgot about that film title. <laughs> we had the picture of him on the front running away from something yeah.
3: I used to have fun with Dick and Jane yeah. Horton Here's a Who is one of the voices in that that was just a voice yeah Yes Man which was based on the book by Danny Wallace the book was a lot better for that yeah. I Love You Philip Morris which was him and you and McGregor
2: yeah I mean it's okay
3: yeah, that's okay. It's reasonable. Christmas Carol, two thousand nine. That was the Roberts and Meekis, yeah, it's oh, the motion one. capture yeah, yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Mister Popper's Penguins, which I forgot. What the hell is that? <laughs> was it's that a, Dustin Hoffman? Wasn't it with the penguins? I've yeah, never Justin heard of this movie. Yeah. 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 The Incredible Burt Wonderstone. That's not a bad one. That's yeah.
2: good. That's a reasonably good movie.
3: Kick Ass Two. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's a yeah. disaster. And he is a major disaster in it.
3: Yeah, Dumb and Dumber 2, that was 2014. The Bad Batch and Dark Crimes, not heard of either of those. Oh, he
4: plays a Polish detective versus the Sly recently, so random.
3: (laughs) Then you've got Kidding, which is like his big resurgence now. Oh, yeah. I think it's his return to. Wider popularist movies, I think, because yeah, he's done quite a lot of left field indie stuff. Between having that superstardom, and I think he mm-hmm. was on the wane for quite a while. I mean, he's going to be in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I was about
5: to say, don't let's not yeah. forget that his next big role is going to be Doctor Robotnik in, in Sonic, Sonic the, the Hedgehog. Hedgehog
2: I mean, I like him as a as a performer, and I think his career in some way mirrors something like Steve Mine Yeah, where mm. it's kind of that kind of kind of scattergun physical, yeah. uh, weird comedy. But I also think that he he needs to do more uh, dramatic roles because he has got he has got the acting chops for it. I,
3: I think he was one of those guys that was, as you've mentioned, Steve Martin, and it was here is another zany comedian, it's a Robin Williams kind of thing, where it mm-hmm. would just fire out movie after movie after movie of him being a zany person. I do
5: remember in the nineties there was a lot of comparisons with the two of them. It yeah. was like Robin Williams was like the voice, and Jim Carrey was the face. Yeah, so.
3: But, uh, uh, yeah, so that's what happened to Jim Carrey since 1994. Like,
4: the Truman Show, and let's leave it
3: as that. Yeah. I, I don't know, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's yep. good, but
4: like, he hit hardcore on the Truman Show, didn't he? Fact, yeah. Was it, like, uh, if I don't see you all well, good evening, good afternoon, good
3: night? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should force Lee to go and watch the Sonic movie and give us a review.
4: <laughs> oh, God, I've got to see the Goblin will be
3: there. So, we're midway through... Season 2 of Star Trek Discovery and it's been a bit of a different kind of field series this week, Um, this series, I should say not this week. What do you think Keith?
2: Uh, I'm certainly thinking it's better than season 1. Yeah, Uh, It's kind of amped up the whole um, action that's going on and also I like the fact that it's expanded its view. So we're not too focused. No spoilers. No spoilers. There will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. Red alert. Yes. Spoilers ahead. Um, They've opened up the cast a little bit more, so more people have got more to do. Mm -hmm. And it's not just focused on Lorca and the Emperor and um, Michael Burnham. So I kind of like it's expanded out a little bit. The crew have actually got a bit of crewiness about them, if that's a thing.
4: Do you know? Do you know why that woman is called Michael Burnham? No. Which no. it sounds like a name of a, a British parliamentary MP.
2: <laughs> it's just one of the quirks that that particular the creator of that show has. He has. He, has, he names his female characters after male names. names. Yeah. So it's just a thing that he does. It has no bearing on anything. It's not. There's no underlying mystery mm. to why she's called Michael. It's just a name. Michael Burnham. Yeah. It's yes. just a name. Uh, but Anson Mount. It is oh, an absolute, absolute revelation in that because after the garbage that was Marvel's Inhumans, uh, where he didn't get to speak much, yeah, he's fantastic as Christopher Pike in
3: this. He's absolutely, absolutely amazing. I think he is the perfect addition for this cast because he's. It's good to have a, an actual Star Trekky character in this because the first series was all Klingon war and dark, dark, yeah. dull, miserable, depressing, and it was kind of like he's brought lightness back into the show with him. Mm. He's a very. He's he's acting very similar to Kirk. Is the way I feel. He's got that kind of ear of Star Trek captain of, i just do what I think is right and sod the rules kind of life to him.
2: I'm not quite sure he's he's Kirk esque No, well, I think not. he's a little bit more by the book, but he's he's a humane character.
3: Well, he's, he's... twisted the book multiple times, especially around yeah. General Order One, yeah. which is well, like their early prime directive. Who
2: doesn't? work their way around general order Um, but I think he's just very charismatic charismatic Mm -hmm. in the role and he just brings a certain heft and lightness like you said a bit of lightness to the show that makes it a little bit more kind of um, bearable in terms of um, what it is but yeah it, it looks great the if you've not seen them watched the short treks that came out in the kind of hiatus between season one and season two yeah there
3: is so much plot that they've squeezed there's a lot in those and
2: I'd I'd not seen them but I'd seen people review them on YouTube and they were so off the mark with their reviews because I actually enjoyed every one of them the Harry Mudd one particularly is quite
3: amusing I Um, really enjoyed the Saru shortcut because it basically the episode that came out this week it was pretty much the backstory for that yeah. entire episode and it kind of gave you Saru's life story and how he came to be on yeah. in Starfleet in the first place.
2: I mean, we're halfway through the season, as you state, but I think what Star Trek has been doing is the reverse of most other Netflix shows Yeah, and they're actually putting too much in a single episode yes. and they could actually do with spreading it out a little bit more Yeah, rather than going, they're not padding... They're definitely not padding. They're getting an awful lot of plot in every
3: episode. We get, we've had what two monster of the week episodes squeezed in? We had the one with the planet of knowledge which exploded, and then the one with the week before which I can't actually. Oh, the the,
2: the Star Trek Discovery upside down yes. episode. Yeah. yeah, let's let's riff off <laughs> Stranger Things, but they handled it well. I think yeah. they did a good job with that kind of. I think and it was it was good. I'm I'm not 100% sold on the the, the outcome of that episode mm-hmm. and bringing back a very popular character. I'm kind of glad they did. Yeah. But I'm kind of vexed that they got rid of him in the way they did. So they yes. didn't really need to do it. So it they kind f- of written themselves out of a corner with that.
3: It felt like a bit of a cop out to bring him back in and it felt like they just completely negated that original decision. Yeah.
2: But I think I suppose in some way they're kind of pushing towards the idea of like this is why there's no spore drive in the yeah. rest of the Star Trek universe oh, blame because me. it's we, we've got to we've got to somehow work our way out of that.
3: But my complaint about the first season was they tried to ram so much plot it, per episode. They seem to have paced it much better this series. But the first series was here is an entire series worth of plot that we're trying to squeeze into two episodes. I would have loved a few more episodes with. Um, Captain Giorgio, yeah. and it fleshed out why Michael Burnham was in Starfleet in the first place, and it just felt so rushed that yeah. first couple of episodes. Whereas here we're getting to learn a bit more about the bridge crew, especially and Tilly as well. Tilly and Stamets yeah. seem to be working quite nicely, and Tignataro's character is a, a brilliant addition to the crew, I think. Yeah. Uh, and the whole kind of stuff they're doing with Section 31 and stuff. Yeah. I think the,
2: the biggest thing they've got going against them this season is the red herring that they spock yes because at the moment they keep going oh look spock's in the ship ahead of us no he's not oh look he's on the planet ahead of us no he's not he's 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 just around the corner no he's
3: not he's on vulcan he's on vulcan everybody knows he's on vulcan
2: yeah and i'm kind of like thinking um do we need him does it matter is he that important so
3: because at the moment i'm not really tied into the idea of why spock is that vital to this story I think it's to try and get them out of the plot hole about why Spock never mentions that Burnham existed for the entirety of his TOS, TNG film, and even the Kelvin movie room.
4: He's just a very forgetful man. It wasn't made before then, so they're at Stump really, aren't
3: they? But the whole point is this slots into the original prime timeline, so how are you going to get around that? Yeah,
2: I mean, the thing I'm thinking at the moment, though, whether whether it's... In whether they are going to go with it, but kind of the whole Red Angel thing yeah. that they've got. And I'm kind of thinking, eh, is it going to end up that the Red Angel is Spock, a time-travelling
3: no. Spock with the red ding from the Kelvin universe well, There's quite a few theories online about this. It's one of the original progenitor races in Star Trek, the Iconians, which ties back to a TNG episode about this figure that Picard finds when he was on Risa. Yeah. One of his digs. But the Iconians are like the progenitor race for the entire galaxy.
4: Captain Picard is bold.
3: Yes, he he is bald, and he's getting his own TV series again soon. He's got no
4: hair. Carry well. on.
3: Yes. But I'm I'm thinking this is a great casting. Um, number one, Rebecca Romgen, even though we only yeah, had a brief... she hasn't really had anything to do yet, yes. so far. So but I think know. that is fantastic casting. I was really surprised when she turned up to play Majel Barrett's character.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to see us get some Enterprise action. That yeah. would be nice to actually get on board the ship and not just see <laughs> it. Because they kind of writ it off like, oh yeah, it's in dry dock now because it's knackered. Yeah. So God, the Enterprise was the flagship ship yeah. of, the, of the, the Starfleet and it's always clapped out. It's like, <laughs> you, you need to get some dog welders on this uh, spaceship. Out, it's,
3: it's a British Leyland <laughs> found it. <laughs>
2: but I, I, you, know, you know, I'm not a big fan of things like uh, Game of Thrones or Westworld. Yeah, but I I think I genuinely think that Star Trek is it's brought people I know who don't like Star Trek to watch Star Trek. Yeah, so um, it's doing something right. It's bringing people in that aren't usually kind of uh, uh, you
3: know big sci-fi fans. I think there's a lot of hardcore Trekkies as well who have like completely discounted this series because it's not Star Trek to them, and it's like. But the whole point of Star Trek is it's being progressive. It's pushing boundaries. It's yeah. moving things further along.
2: Yeah, it's those, It's the same bunch of people who get their, their tighty-whities in a bunch over Star Wars. It's yeah. like, it's 2019, it's not 1967. This yeah. is the Star Trek we're going to get nowadays. If yeah. you make it, You'd laugh it off the screen if they made it look like it was 1967 again. People yeah. would not take it seriously. Um, but you tell me good stories with good characters, and I'm fully on board. Yeah. It's set in the Star Trek universe. That's cool. I like phasers. I like spaceships. I like warp drives. I'm totally in for it. Yeah. So if you've not watched
4: it, <laughs> I'm Keith. You can find me on Tinder. So <laughs> <laughs> my favourite things are warp drives and phasers. Yeah.
3: So if you've not caught it yet, it is on Netflix everywhere around the world except the US, where it's on CBS or Access. Yeah. It's been released weekly,
2: so it's um, easy for you to catch up. But if you before you watch season two, I would recommend that you do yes. find they're hidden away in in the trailers, in the and trailers more and more. Section, so there's yeah. four short treks. One of which is really interesting and makes me
3: wonder about how it pans
2: into this series because it's set a thousand years in the future.
3: I've got ideas about that, but I'll save oh. that for a future episode. But I'm thinking all four of those short treks will be... Oh, they're all
2: going to be something to do with this season, yeah. I'm, oh, on, I'm on the edge
4: minute. of my seat here. It's good TV, series so it's really good.
3: Yes, so, recommended. Check it out. A few weeks ago, Laura got to pop down to the Mac at Cannon Hill Park in Birmingham and she got a chance to speak to director artist and photographer Richard Billingham about his latest work which is a film called Ray and Liz which is following the lives of his parents for the blurb of the film it's on the outskirts of Birmingham And on the margins of society, the Billingham family perform extreme rituals and break cultural taboos as they muddle through a life decided by factors beyond their control. Richard Billingham returns to the striking photographs of his family during the Thatcher era for a film based on his own memories, focusing on his parents, Ray Ray and Liz, their relationship and its impact on Richard and his younger brother Jason. At times shocking and laced with unsettling humour, three episodes unfold as a powell evocation of experience of growing up in a black country council flat. So I'm going to hand over to Laura now and we'll speak to you shortly
6: hi Richard hi hi thanks for speaking to me I really enjoyed the screening last night it was lovely to see so many people turn out for it have you been surprised by the reaction that you've had to it or was it kind of what you expected
0: well I've already it's already been shown at lots of different festivals film festivals in different countries since since August it's not the first time I've seen it with an audience but for the very first time that I we screened it, it was in the film. It was a big cinema. It's two thousand five hundred people. It hadn't been tested on an audience before. You know, usually when you make a film you, you know, you get twenty people together and you you kind a different seminar on a Sunday morning and you, you, you sort of test it on people and you do a questionnaire to which things they like, try and judge when they laugh. We didn't do none of that, We <laughs> we, we we just we just screened it without yeah, having tested it, lucky people like. But I, I didn't. I didn't really know. I, I didn't know for sure what what the reaction
6: was going to be. Since you've shown it through sort of lots of festivals, has it had the reaction that you expected?
0: It's, it's got the reaction that I wanted. Okay, <clears throat> and that is, you know, <laughs> people are moved by it, and then um, they go away. And
6: think brilliant oh, oh good I am pleased I was wondering if you could tell me more about uh, the decision to film it on the 16 millimeter uh, film I know kind of a lot of things are moving more towards digital these days and um, I really liked mm. the kind of texture that the showing had but I wondered if you could tell me a little bit more about that decision well,
0: yeah, 16 minutes is very was very good at rendering um, surface and texture but um, I did think about making it in video because it, it was a bit cheaper. It's not that much cheaper. because You still have to hire all the equipment and so on. But it, it is a bit cheaper. I, I thought it was better to make it in the medium of, of its time. You know, during the 70s, 80s, that, that's what you would have used to, to make a film. You would have used film, you wouldn't have used video. And I thought it would be, make it more believable when you go back in time if I used 16-0. Do
6: you think it was kind of almost to echo the photography as well? It, it felt... Very much. I know you. I, saying... I wasn't. I
0: wasn't. I was. Yeah. I know what you mean. I wasn't that bothered about that. But there is a symmetry there. I was afraid that if it was video that people would constantly be thinking about the present too much.
6: Transport them back to yes. the time. yeah. I was also interested, I know that you'd sort of made the short initially and then it had moved to the route of Kickstarter to get it fully funded. Yeah. Was there a kind of a, a reason to go down that route or was it...
0: When you do a Kickstarter campaign, I think it was 20,000 raised, but you need a lot more than that to make a film. I think for filmmaking, a Kickstarter campaign is good to try and establish an audience, a ready audience, but in terms of refinance I think it cost seven seven hundred and sixty thousand. The budget was for the film, so twenty thousand is not really much compared to that. Um, it's more about. I think it's more about generating an audience or an awareness that it exists or will exist.
6: Okay, so it was a little bit of funding, but to gauge the appetite for the film.
0: I think so. Yeah, it. it, it it's, and and it's, it's one of those things that your funders expect you to do. That's
6: quite a unique way of marketing it. I hadn't thought about it that way. It's quite clever. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's probably. Maybe it's a marketing thing more. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, if say, for example, if, you, if it's a different project and you want to, you 20000 to publish a book I and mean £20,000 to publish a book, you know, that's, you, you could do it. So it would pay all your production costs, but the film costs a lot more, doesn't
6: it? Very much so. I really liked all of the shots in the film. I thought there was something very beautiful about the way it would pan down on certain sets um, and also a lot of the imagery around around the black country living in birmingham and being around those places quite a lot it was nice to see those images because we don't often see a lot of birmingham and the black country in film do you think it's something that you'll continue to look at or do you think this has closed the chapter of looking at that those elements of both photography and artwork thinking about your parents and your younger life and um, but also that landscape around the west midlands
0: I can't imagine making any more biographical work. I could imagine, I could imagine ma- making a film in the same area and using some of the motifs, maybe textures. But it would be a different story.
6: OK. How did it feel going back and scouting for those locations?
0: I have uh, an affinity for the area where I was born and grew up, which is Cradley Heath, and no old deal. I think I think most people do. Any excuse I have, I, I like to come back. As I say, it's where I was born and grew up and it's what shaped me, or helped to shape me. Uh, yeah, any excuse. I'm mean, I like I like coming back now, <laughs> looking out my window and I can see Birmingham.
6: Have you found, because Birmingham particularly has changed quite a lot, the black country has changed, not quite to the degree that, that Birmingham has, particularly the city centre, but do, have you found that interesting then coming back to see the development?
0: Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I I mean, I've only been to the train station so far. <laughs> the train station's really changed, hasn't it? It's like yeah. you sort of disorientated. It's like going to an airport or something.
6: Yeah, if it helps, I... I you know, then... you're, not, you're not sure where to go, asked, no. <laughs>
0: you are. I have to keep asking people.
6: Yeah, what are the lounges about? No, I know that feeling. It's, it's very interesting, a, a space. So I know you spoke uh, yesterday evening about kind of plans for, for the future. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you're looking to do next?
0: Oh, no, well, I'd love to make more more more, um, more films. I'd like to...
6: Can you tell me about some of those ideas or do you want to kind of keep them under wraps until... Oh,
0: no, well, that, that, they're
6: just ideas. How, I mean, it was lovely to see yesterday as well that, that you had your brother and, and the actor that played your brother in in one of the, the pieces of the film. How did it feel going back and writing about your memories but also the memories that, that he was involved in? Was I know you sort of mentioned you, you consulted him and that some of your ideas aligned with his. When
0: I try and write, I sort of lie down and I try and have images, and then I write down the images. I think I write down how the pictures look to me, and then cut and paste into a sequence, and then and then add the dialogue much later. But when you say how is it? What what? How does it feel? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it feels like I'm working.
6: <laughs> Was it an interesting experience going back and talking to your brother about his memories?
0: I'm not sure how to answer the question. Um, I mean, it's, it's something you have to do in order to make yeah
6: it's nice to see that there was support there and it, he seemed very proud of you as well um, so that was that was very nice to see just just from a kind of an audience perspective i'm just wondering if the film's likely to be shown anywhere else in the west midlands oh
0: well it's having a, a release date i think it's march the 8th so it'll be in
6: keep an eye out for it then.
0: You know, I, I have no control <laughs> yeah. over, uh, you know, what happens there. I mean, I it's my story, but I don't have any control of the film.
6: I was just wondering, are you talking yesterday about the, what made you start making that film? Could you tell me a little bit more about that? I know you said about sort of the laptop and things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I had this idea for a long time to, to write a short film that was about my father in that room. When I was 19, I finished my A-levels. I did a one-year foundation course in art at Bourneville College of Art. Just as I started that course, my mother left. I was living with uh, my father in, in this tower block. I think it was Adambrook Court in uh, Riddens Mound in Crayle Heath. When my mother left he decided to drink and not leave the room. For about two years he drank and never left the room except to go to the toilet and didn't nothing. He might wake up at 10pm at night, drink, go to sleep weren't invented, and there's no mobile, you know, so you, the only way to have made a film of that would have been to, to use Super 8. You wouldn't have been able to shoot indoors back then, it wouldn't have been light enough, you'd need lights and all that business. I found it very, I did try and, you know, write it and I found it very difficult and it wasn't until about maybe 10 years ago. I got a job at the University of Gloucestershire and one of the things they did, they gave me a laptop and I found that when I started to write down the idea for on a laptop because I, I think it's because I could cut and paste. That was how that short film came about. Once once I had it written, then I could show it to other people and get people interested.
6: I love that idea. That I think there's something because they're about memories that they don't form in a kind of a, a structured beginning, middle, and end. And that... no,
0: no, no. Yeah, I, I, I think of the whole thing was evolving.
6: You saying it's something that you think had had the technology been there back in the day, it would have been something that you would have done then. Yes.
0: Yes, it's a, it te- people forget how important technology is. You know, when we first had oil paints in tube, I think around 1860, that's that's when impressionism came about because people could artists could suddenly go out into the landscape and they've got tube paints and they have to mix their colours, so they could, they could paint very quickly. They could paint clouds moving across the sky, and those tube paints contributed towards um, impressionism. Technology is very important, for artists.
6: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Do you think you will do a bit of, of both then, the film, the sort of short and the feature films, and then still the photography? Is that the way you're moving to with your work is, is both, or do you think you prefer one over the other?
0: I, I like making films and photographs the, the same. <laughs> no, I don't funny. like more, one more than the other, I don't
6: think. No, that's that's completely understandable. I know some people have a a, a preference for, for one or the other, or or they yeah. prefer... The, the writing process to the filming process, or
1: sure.
6: how do you find that writing process? Because I know sometimes people that work in visuals sometimes struggle with a more writing aspect. Do you enjoy that?
0: All creative writing is visual art. I think of it as visual art because if you read a novel, you're, you're only engaged if that novel is continually making pictures in your brain. You know, once, once you don't have pictures as a reader, you, you sort of switch up and you just. So I see
6: creative writing as visual, anyway. Yeah, no, I, I really never thought about it that way. I, I really like that as a as an idea. Yeah, the, the world building and the creating it is is the visual art. It's just visual art in your mind rather than on paper yeah. or canvas. Or, yes. Yeah. No, that's a brilliant yeah. way of thinking about it. So it's just a different format for you. All
0: good creative writers are visual artists.
6: I know. I really like that. I never, really hadn't thought about it. Well, I, those are, to be honest, most of my questions. Yeah, no. Oh lovely they, uh, I was going to say they've got a new I'm sure you know about it the exhibition about the women's artists uh, women's work Power Yes,
0: Yeah, so, so, uh, yeah some, somebody was telling me about it last night yeah it's, Yeah um, a good
6: idea so, yeah, for sure Yeah it's lovely it's um. yeah obviously it can't fit everything in that you'd want it to but it's definitely worth having a look and it's just in the I think it's in the Gas Hall Gallery sort of round the corner from yeah, the main okay, yeah. museum but it's definitely Today. worth a look Thank you very much for speaking to me Richard And Take care Bye Bye, bye.
3: Weird tech. So, I've got my tablet out. My tablet has Alexa on it. And this has amused, amused Keith and Guy to no end that Alexa is on a tablet. And she's actually, like, responding to me as we speak this. So, I apologise if you have an Alexa at home. This is probably going to set it off as well. But Keith and Guy want to ask it some questions.
5: <laughs> I'm most of that is in the search bar right now. Yes. <laughs> and it's actually come up as cheese actually light. Is the thing, is the thing that Alexa <laughs> recognizes
3: out of that. You just have to ask a random question? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna ask, there a, are, I'm gonna ask a one about myself. There are lots of hidden Ooh. cultural references that Alexa will respond to if you pop them in. Such I should, as... I'll
2: try try I'll try this one. Alexa, who likes orange soda?
6: Kel loves orange soda. Yes, it's true. He do,
2: he do, he do. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Oh I do now. Oh yeah, I get it. It's from Keenan and Kel. Yeah, yeah.
3: Alexa.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <woop, woop, woop, woop. Zoidberg is a character in Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> a <laughs> <laughs> Beef burger or burger is a sandwich
6: consisting of one more content of ground
4: meat. Usually beef. Placed
6: inside a sliced bread roll Ooh. or bun.
2: Guy likes his beef. <laughs> cool story of <about laughs> a, <laughs> a... Who is Hard Look Hotel? I'm sorry. I don't know who that is yet. But I learn about new people every day. Okay, who is Keith Bloomfield? Oh no, I have to ask you, don't I? This is like a weird game from the 1970s. Alexa, Simon says, Who is Keith Bloomfield?
1: Who is
2: Keith Bloomfield? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no not who is? No, if you say oh. Simon Says, she will do play oh, Simon aren't you Says. Really. Alexa, who is Keith
4: Bloomfield? I'm sorry, I don't know who that is
6: yet, but I learn about new people every
4: day. Hello: will Keith go to bed with me if I ask him nicely?
6: Sorry.
3: I don't know that one. Hello, <laughs> may the force be with you. And may the force be
6: with you,
4: always. Hello. What are you wearing? They don't make clothes
3: for me. Oh, you saucy names. <laughs> Hello. What is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. So, see if there's any more movie, TV, Easter eggs that you can think of.
2: Hello, can there be only one? Sorry, I don't know that. You dummy. Hello,
4: did you hit her? Did you? Did you? I did not hit her. I'm not
3: sure. who is the walrus?
4: Here's another clue for you all. The walrus is
3: Paul. Ah, <laughs> nice. more cowbell. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell.
4: how do you play with it? You have Would You Rather enabled. Do you
1: want to open it? Yes, he does. <laughs> Would you
6: Rather Yes <laughs> oh, no. like questions to find out if the rest of the world thinks the same
4: like I can't wait
6: When you're ready to play Just say
4: begin It's better be fruity
6: Great, now for the first question Would you rather win a Nobel Peace Prize Or find a cure for a terminal disease
4: <laughs> I don't know. even those I wanted to ask you Would you rather Like, I don't know kiss a cow or lick a goat or something. I wanted crudeness. My, I, the first one. You answered win a
6: Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> she actually made sense to Would you rather have the same song stuck in your head for the rest of your life or have the same nightmare
4: every night? I'd rather have the image of you in my head.
6: You answered have the same song stuck in your head for the rest <laughs> of your life 75% of people agree with you. Would you rather win
3: one... Uh- yeah, uh, stop. It's quite easy to turn off. Okay, you <laughs> If you enjoyed or would you rather, please
4: leave it a five-star review. No. No. And make sure you come back for more quirky
2: questions just as
3: soon as you can. A, why, were the, why were the questions so rubbish? I don't know that one. A, you owe me an apology. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: you owe me the apology. Hello. For £15, pounds, <laughs> no, 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 no. would you.
3: £15
1: pounds is 6.8 kilograms.
3: <laughs> Hello. Where is Chuck Norris? Thinking. <laughs> She's thinking ding, a lot ding, about ding. Chuck Norris.
6: If Chuck Norris wants you to know where he is, he'll find you. If he doesn't, you won't know until it's too late.
4: Alright, i got a final one for you. What's the filthiest thing search for on this tablet? I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a clean
3: tablet. Does this unit have a soul? us my friend. Can you sing in auto tune?
4: Stop. Stop!
5: Wait, is she about to release some neurotoxin? Because I want to leave.
2: I'm a bit disappointed she doesn't learn just your voice and will only respond to you.
3: It takes a little while to get her a trained. Yes,
2: you have trained her good. Wow, Ryan! Yes.
4: Like that sentence <laughs> taken out
3: of context. Keith, where can we find you online?
4: Uh, <laughs> I don't
2: know the answer to that question. Oh, is this? You should. Did you say Keith I asked? Yes. Me. Yeah. Okay. Um, you you can find Keith online at hardluckundersaw undersaw undersaw, undersaw. undersaw. <laughs> oh, you. is your undersaw it's, is yeah it? the internet chafes have you not heard of it? it's pretty harsh on that especially when it's warmer and they get a bit of a sweat up. Um use talcum powder folks it's good for you um, where was I what were we talking about oh yeah your twitter um, handle yeah my twitter handle where's the handle what's your twitter handle it's the arm of group no it's hi uh, <laughs> Oh, oh. I've been outclassed by a tablet. It's shocking. No, it's a Hardluck underscore hotel on Twitter, but without the underscore on Instagram. Uh you probably won't find me on Facebook and I have a website which is Hardluck under- no, there's no underscore. There's a hard look and also Hardluck Hotel films on YouTube. You can see me operating a puppet in a film in the woods. Hello. So go and have a look at that. <laughs> no, he's got no hole to put your hand up.
5: <laughs> Lee, where can we find you online? You can find me on YouTube at Bob the Pet Ferret and on Twitter at the Cheap Ferret. And you can find me online at Ryan Parish on Twitter.
4: Fine, stop you Oh, you do your little Follow Friday thing with me, leaving me
3: out. Uh... You, you're the one for the last five shows. Who every time I go, where can we find you online, guy? You go no. You find me kicking your teeth in
4: after this show. Quite literally, why about Cheshire cat run off your face? Pushing Fun.
2: blind people in the canal. That's where you find them. Your...
3: Rescuing pigeons,
4: allegedly
2: um, rescuing pigeons. I've not heard this pigeon like confirm or deny whether he was rescued. Jumping eaten, or away descended. from spiders. He's um, watching documentaries about people being like kidnapped. I think he's planning ways of kidnapping mm. more animals. Uh,
4: I need to, I need before we go off air, Keith. Uh, I can't. I can't let you go home with it. But check your coat pocket. <laughs>
2: I'm not putting my hand in my coat pocket for your dirty tissues, I'm sorry. Don't, don't give it me. Oh, I saw soiled guy. Oh, what the He's put like, a pigeon like in kind of there. broken at your marriage, to be fair. Oh God, there's a horrible note in here. Why would I need a free bra? Oh, you get one free with every two of magic bras. What makes them magic? She looks very happy about it, though. What was, what was in the pocket piece? An advert. Well, on the one side, it's some kind of quiz that's obviously been written, ripped from the pages of Take That or Take a Break magazine.
3: It's yours magazine. Is it yours magazine? It's got Olivia uh, Oscar-winning actress Olivia Colman on the front. Oh, but you know, do you know where you're going to buy your magic bras from?
2: From a website called chums.co.uk. <laughs> nice
3: to see that um, Anton Deck is still making a bit of money off that.
2: Yeah. I mean, the picture's really creepy because it looks like the same models looking at herself after being like having a near-death experience. <laughs> so she's having an out-of-body experience. She's going, "My bra's nicer than yours. It's got lacy bits. Yours is very
3: utilitarian." Do you think she's like in the out-of-body experience? She's going, I'm glad I wore the magic bra that day. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be wearing it forever. What would he as a spirit?
4: What
2: would a theme tune for Magic Bra be, Kate? I don't know, but I'm, I'm wishing that this line at the front said, front fastening for your convenience. <laughs> it what says,
4: happens if
2: you ring the number? I would imagine.
3: You'd get a bra. You could order a bra. First, yeah. Some number kicking down 28 your door, days. <laughs> 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 I'd imagine you'd get a bra for the first in about 14 to 28 days.
1: Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, all for the princely. St- I don't know what the prices are.
3: It says at the very top, only 20 Oh, yeah, pounds. 20
2: quid. And one, f- one bra free. So, three bras <laughs> in any card style, card. any size, and any colour. I
4: say you buy one bra, you get one free. You buy one, you get
3: one free. Maybe they mean cup. You buy one cup, you get the other cup free. Because they're coming like a jewel.
2: Well, at least, I mean, the way you'd folded it up, I wouldn't have been worried if it would have, have popped out while I was on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> guy was, was, guy like was half expecting you, know I mean? you to do yeah, the crossword the c- on the
3: bus. <laughs> <laughs> you want to give us one of the clues?
2: Uh, Dragons dash BBC TV show. Damn. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Joseph, Austrian composer. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
2: Why did I
3: know you was going to go with that?
2: Flank. They're just. Some of these are just one word. Joy is another one. Completely, and that's another one. Premium Bond prize picker. It's a certain age of people who are filling out this quiz, isn't it?
3: Guy, where can we find you online then?
2: Guy underscore Halford on Twitter. You can find Guy online receiving your orders for Magic Bras. <laughs> you can call him on...
4: I bet that's like a bra that you get from Poundland and then they've just like sodded it off for 12
2: quid, 20 quid. For, for, for starters, the whole idea of that's a bra you get from Poundland like he's been and gone, yeah, i <laughs> nah, bought one. You like Pep, it's
4: like Pep and Co, that's what it's called, Pep and Co and they like, have like, like cheap bras and cheap t-shirts and stuff. I'm a fat man, I've got boobs, I need bras.
2: You know, we were talking about him being stuck in the 1970s. Yeah. You know, so he's got his cafetiere, he's got his pampas grass, he's only just discovered the mambo. The mambo? Yeah. <laughs> the mambo. The, 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 the mango. The mango. <laughs> this reminds me of the kind of thing a young boy in the 1970s might have stashed under his mattress.
3: and a, a newer version of a Cage catalogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so guy's
2: kind of like, I found this in a bush on the way home, I kept it. <laughs> I folded it up and popped it in my pocket and put it under my bed where mum can't find it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I've I've never done that but it makes me think that you have found adult magazines and taking them
1: home with you and
2: Bush porn <laughs> is one of the great um,
3: yeah, That was
5: rites a, of passage from being
3: a kid
2: in the 1970s a <laughs>
5: terrible choice of words kid.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you made the dearly departed Steve Irwin um, <laughs> shaking a bush it was bush oh, porn oh we've got a
5: lively one here. Nice. it's razzle <laughs> that's not the bush I was thinking it was of bush porn in every way <laughs> I mean
4: it's fair because like you know when you see the, like a paper brownie like I can't be able to deliver the papers I'm just going to dump and then you just see the remnants of a remnants of a mag kicking I'm sure
3: around. I've talked about this on the show before when I used to have to deliver newspapers and the Sunday sport always came in brown paper wrapping to discourage a young paper boy from having a sneaky peek.
2: I, I had a posh paper and they didn't get, have the Sunday sport or the daily sport on my round. We had a morning star reader um, but most of them were kind of times and daily telegraph. always the heavy
3: ones hated those papers Sundays were awful
2: (laughs) pampas grass in the front garden yeah regular mango deliveries
3: you can find me online (laughs) at Ryan Ryan (laughs) (laughs) tearing
2: out tasty pictures from uh,
3: ladies magazines
4: head poking out just checking to see if anybody's (laughs) coming
3: you can find me at Ryan Parrish and find us all at Geeky Birmingham on Twitter Instagram Facebook Yow and at com. But for now, bye everybody.
4: Thanks for tuning in to the, the best film show in all the local area. Yeah.
2: Thanks. Solid Oscar predictions from a authoritative <laughs> from... voice on film.
3: <laughs> One of us, anyway. Mm. <laughs> bye. Bye.
2: Gideo, Toodlepip.